Attention on deck. You're about to take command. Welcome to the bunker. Welcome, everybody, back to The Bunker. I'm your host, Andy Burrows, and uh, my two illustrious co-hosts, they're not here today. I don't know if they're still sitting in a darkened room somewhere, but (laughs) Scouse and Jesse can't be with us. But I've drafted in a fellow Englishman all the way from the One Point Safety Show, Mr. Scotty Hartley. Scotty, how are you, brother? Uh, Yeah, I think I'm just about recovered after yesterday, obviously. Uh, Yeah, we'll get into that, I'm sure, but uh, not feeling the best at the moment. No, not feeling the best, bro. Uh, and one of the OGs, one of the one of the guys that very when I very first started podcasting back in uh, 2020. Now, one of the first guys that I very spoke to, one of the most knowledgeable Washington fans, uh, I think that I know and does great work all the way from the Burgundy and Gold Report. It's only Adam and Eva. Ads, how are you, mate? Good, good. Yeah, after last night, I think it's a little bit more of a wake up call. I think for fans that this is not the Super Bowl year, and you know. I don't think it's going to be business as usual because I do look at these owners, you know, we'll talk about magic Johnson's comments, but I do think that more of the same of this, I I don't think it's going to be sustainable and allowable. I I think, you know, it's just a little too early to see some changes, but I, I think they're coming to be honest with you. Cause I don't think any, I don't think any of these guys in the ownership group are in love with Ron Rivera or anybody on his staff for the most part. Yeah, Ad, you make a great point. Let's get into it. Uh, the Chicago Bears, 40. can't believe I'm saying that. The Washington Commanders, 20. Uh, that is not a score, uh, I thought I would say. Uh, Adam, let's come to you first, bro. You're our guest. Um, usually we start off these shows like, let's break it down. We talk about players and statistics. It's very hard when your team have shipped already this season 176 points against We've conceded 176 points. Adam, where do we even begin to try and break down last night's game? Um, you know, as I've been seeing all the comments come in every all day from the media, you know, from the fans, um, one thing just seems like it's the trend. It's no matter what season it is, no matter what's going on, it's that every time that there's a bright spot, that there's a, you know, there's a dark spot. And this year, you know, it's Jack Del Rio uh, because – you're talking about Forbes and, you know, everyone's laying it out on Forbes. You know, he's horrible. He's a bust, this and that. Listen, cornerback is one of the hardest positions to play in the NFL. I put this on coaches. He's not ready yet. You know what I mean? You got guys on your staff that are, that are more suited to line up against other teams, you know, better wide receivers. You know, I saw a statistic in, you know, four weeks in a row, teams top weapons have just absolutely torched Washington. That's coaching, man. That's where coaching comes in. That's where you shift coverages to, you know, guys like A.J. Brown. You know, last night we saw D.J. Moore. These aren't surprises, and that's the worst part about it. But what is really eye-opening is when you have opposing defenses over the last two, three weeks basically come out and say that they knew it was coming. And, you know, we talk about the offense, you know, still getting its gears, getting going. I'm not as concerned at the offense. They're actually doing better than I expected them to do. It's the defense. When you invest this much capital into into guys on the offense, uh, defensive line that are just horrible, what are you going to do? You have to make some changes. And if, if you're not benching players, benching Forbes, benching a rookie, 
I'm sorry that that's not the solution. That wasn't the main problem last night. You know, I just wrote out wrote an article about like, let's see what we got in Kaliki Hudson. Every year he shines in coverage. He flashes. He played in the finale last year against Dallas and actually looked good. Um, we talk about Jamin Davis, you know, getting better. So what the fuck is a guy like Barton doing out there? He's played 100 percent of the snaps this year. Literally, other than tackles and assists, he's got zeros across the board. He's got no passes defended, no tackles for a loss, no QB, QB hurries. What is he doing? Everyone said that, you know, Cole Holcomb was a main issue. Cole Holcomb, you know, he's making Cole Holcomb look like a Hall of Famer at this point. So, again, it's not one just position or another. It's it's personnel, and that's where coaching comes in. And I think guys like Del Rio, uh, Ron Rivera, the ship has sailed for them. Because you can clearly see that they're being outcoached. And every time they have an opportunity to make some kind of statement, they drop the pooch. And they just look like a team that's lost and can't match up. And last night, for the life of me, I couldn't understand why Jack Del Rio wasn't mixing up the pressures. It was it was literally vanilla. It was <clears throat> bend, don't break. And I've, I've seen other NFL players literally talk about this team's defense, about the bend, don't break mentality. And that's only good for teams that are really juggernauts on offense. And this team is not there yet. So I don't know. Personally, I think, you know, a guy like Coach Z that was promoted to defensive line coach after they got rid of Sam Mills, that's a guy I would look in-house. You know, I'd say if I'm Harris, I'm going to Ron Rivera and I'm saying, listen, you've got to make a decision. Um, the players right now, nobody's getting cut. They're not the issue. You've got to make a decision on your staff if Jack Del Rio is the weak link among this staff. And to me right now, that's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing him being out coach week in and week out to give up that many points and that many yards this early on. I think something's got to happen. I don't see it happening, but I don't think we're going to see too many more performance like this and you know, somebody's job not on the line. Great points, my friend. Great way to open the show. I mean, if you and if you listen to Ron Rivera's press conference in the last hour, I don't think we're getting any coaching changes uh, before the end of the, before yeah. the end of the season. Yeah, ownership might have a different view. Scotty, let's come to you, brother. Um, Twenty-seven three down at half time. Uh, I think we had like two first downs. I think their punter was on the tour bus going around DC. I don't think we needed to. I think he was just like seeing the White House. He was, you know, just going to hit hitting a few bars. Uh, but all joking aside, Scotty, how do you even begin to evaluate a game like this? I mean, I've been sounding off in Twitter spaces all day. Um, I think it's time uh, for a change. I mean, uh, before we get to my views and what I think on coaching and players, uh, Adam made some great points. You can't offense them, not really. Don't get wrong, there was the things I want to see better. I want to see Terry McLaurin get involved more in a game. You know, we talk about having this elite wide receiver. I, I said to, I was chatting to Shelly earlier in one of her, her Twitter spaces. I feel like we've failed this guy. I feel like we've let Terry down. Uh, you know, he's had a guy with one leg in Alex Smith for him the ball. He's had a little midget in Taylor Heineke who can't see over at O-line. He's had to come back halfway down the field to get a ball. Um, he's now got a good quarterback in Sam Howe. I do, I do believe that Sam will will come good, but I, I honestly believe that someone like Terry, we failed him. We failed him as an organization. And when he goes somewhere else and when he plays somewhere else, we're all going to look at him and go, man, we had him in our building. Someone like Dotson as well. I think he'll go down the same route. I think we'll end up failing him unless drastic changes. Uh, but Scotty, what, how are you evaluating yesterday's performance? You know, like, like you say, usually me, Jesse and Scouts and wherever we go and we sit and we break down plays and we could have done this. It's so hard yesterday. When you concede 40 points against the Chicago Bears, they lost one a game on October the 22nd, <laughs> 2022. That is the last time. Even my friends at work who don't watch the NFL, 
Never heard anything about the NFL. Come and talk sport today, saying they'd done a little bit, saying the Bears had broke one of the longest, like winning, hadn't won a game. And all my friends are like, that's against your team, right, Burrows? I'm like, Always yeah. is. Is it? Yeah. It all. That's the thing. Yeah. It always we is. We are the us. streak breakers. We are. So, yeah. Scotty, how do you even begin to evaluate what you saw last night, bro? I think it's really difficult. I mean, we had that li- like little twenty-minute space where we finish a game and we kind of do our live reaction. And I don't think my points have changed. I think Adams nailed it there. To be honest with you, I was absolutely boiling yesterday at the point to think this defense was probably the worst I've seen it play in a long time. That first half performance. I mean, we have seen some shocking performances down the line, but this, it it takes a lot to beat this performance, especially that first half performance. Worse than the Monday night massacre. I I think so. Adam, I'm totally in agreement with you. I think Jack Del Rio's ship has sailed. I think Ron Rivera's ship has sailed. And also I think if ownership did make a move and we moved on from Jack Del Rio, it, it gives them almost that impetus, that kick up the arse to say nobody's safe. Because for me, come the end of the season, it, everyone from the tea lady up to the GM is, you know, it, it is is fair game. Every single person is fair game. And I don't I don't care who you are, what you do in this organisation, we will evaluate you and you will be gone. Or well, that's what I hope the ownership does. I've kind of settled down, Burroughs. You know, I kind of broke it down in my head thinking, I'm overthinking this. Am I, you know... Is it a bit hasty to look at immediate firings? You know, and, and I had calmed down throughout the day. And then I watched Ron's press conference and the first question was no. And it was the same vanilla answers I'm getting time and time again. We've had four years of this, right? Rebuild, rebuild, four years. Two linebackers who are NFL, one from the 85 Bears. And you can't spot a linebacker? Right. You can't find right. someone? Can't find one. You've had four years to fix an O-line and you still can't fix an O-line. That is part of the problem. We cannot have Sam Howell taking 29 sacks through, what, five games or four mm-hmm. games even, you know, uh, five games. Yeah, I apologise. It's a clip of five a game almost or just over five a game. It is to the point now where we know, because we've we've been down this road, we've been down this trod, we've trod this path where quarterbacks are getting injured. Sam will not last this season if it continues at this oh, pace. Oh, he won't make it to the fire. Someone is going to hurt him. Mm. And that's where we're going to end up. Now, I'll tell you what, it will be interesting because even if we don't get it, in my mind, when it came off and I simmered down, and I looked at this in the cold light of day, I thought to myself, it's probably about the right time now to, to make a move. You've got the longer extended time. Mini buy, yeah. The, mini buy before the next, te- next thing works. Firing it up in a game's time or two games' time. It would be, yeah, it would be a short, sharp shock to the team. I get that, but you're not necessarily going to get much more out of it around. My, the play my only thing as well, Scott, is as well. Imagine so we're not making a coaching change, and it'd be mm-hmm. interesting. To see, uh, obviously, we go to the Falcons, then we've got the Giants. What happens if we potentially, and this could seriously happen because we just put forty to the Bears? What happens if we lose both them games? What do we do then? It has to happen. Then I mean, I, I honestly think right. Falcons is the last stand for me. If we lose our way at Atlanta and Atlanta put 30 on us, because let's be honest, the Every only team, team who has. hasn't put 30 on us is, is Arizona and we yeah. were there. And mm. actually, and they could have we easily put, that, that they could have put 30 They could have done. They could have done. So this just shows you exactly where the problem is. And Adams nailed it again. You know, it is about Jack Del Rio's defense. It is awful. You know, I'm listening to the players as well coming out your sweats, your Allens, your Chase, Chase Young's press conference. And they're talking really about me. like, they're talking about, oh, well, there's a couple of people freelancing. 
well, surely that's disrespectful to your coach, is it not? If you're freelancing and you're not taking your assignment on and you're not doing what we're asked to do. All we ask time and time again as fans, now we're not there, but we have a season ticket. We're invested in this team. I'm sitting there with you talking at 5 a.m., you know, and you've got work in two hours. <laughs> this is the sort of thing that we're doing. Yeah, okay, people spend a lot of money. I listened to Joe, you know, Hog Farmer Joe, and you say yeah, he spends today, an average yeah. £800 in our money. A game. You know, a game. And I'm like, this is a serious investment from people, you know, and you ask the pl- you ask the fans to, ch- to show up and they show up three games. Now we sold out. Oh, no. Yes. There's a bit around the bills. You know, it was a, it was quite a bit of a, you know, probably a 70, 30, but even so it's sold out. Why can't the players turn up and even do their jobs? Yeah. Now, is it the players or is it coaches? Because for me, this, the back end of this defense w- has been horrible. I mean, Kendall Fuller has been playing quite well, he had an awful game last night. St. Juiced, awful. I just don't know what went on, but it was seemed like it was a culmination of everything that bad could happen Happened. went wrong. Yeah. You know, it um, all went wrong. Adam, is it quite worrying as well? First of all, we haven't got an elite defense. Let's 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 get that. And is it quite worrying that we can't seem to make any in-game adjustments? You know, we, they they said in all the press conferences yesterday, well, we come out and played well. We 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 got it ramped up in the second half. Well, last time I checked, football lasts sixty minutes. Last time I checked, I can't actually remember the last time we played well for the full sixty minutes for the full four quarters. We always have a couple of quarters off or one quarter off, or we do something. Adam, is it quite worrying to you that we can't seem to make these in-game adjustments? Because when you're twenty-seven-three down to the Chicago Bears, surely alarm bells must be ringing. And then when your coach comes out. And they say, what did you what did you say at half time? We said nothing. I let the players do the talking. Adam, does that just immediately set alarm bells ringing to you? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, immediately. Because I'm someone said on Twitter today, like, you know, he's not calling the offensive plays, not calling the offense. He's not doing the defense. What is he doing? You know what I mean? Like, what is he really managing? You know, I saw this comment that he said at the press conference that some of the defensive adjustments on the table are looking at choices and play calls, giving some players liberties with their technique or making them play certain techniques. I'm sorry. If you're saying this after four games, you've got some major problems. And, you know, someone else made a really good point this morning that uh, Eric Bannamy came in, was hired as the offensive coordinator, and he was immediately given the assistant coaching job. I really wonder a comment like that I just said about that and then the demotion, if you, you have to call it a demotion of Jack yeah. Del Rio when you strip him of assistant coach, you know, is it, th- is are things going that well philosophically with them? And I say, no, I think it wasn't with Turner and he came out and said that, but the difference of his relationship with Turner and Del Rio is this is a lot older. These are two old school guys that understand they're not going to do that in the media with Turner. I think it was a little different. I think there was a lot more respect for, you know, his father, the working relationships they've had in the past. So I think with what's going on right now, the most concerning part for me is I don't think that they're on the same page at all. To me, saying something like that in the media instead of just like, you know, it's something that we're working on, whatever. But he's talking about play call adjustments and giving players more liberty. So what is that saying? Is it saying that let guys like Montez Sweat, Chase Young freelance more, you know, move move around more pre-snap? Is is that what we're saying? More stunts, more things like that? To me, that sounds like a, a coach kind of throwing suggestions out there without even going to his coach and talking about it. So I do think that there is a level of dissension amongst the players, maybe Del Rio. Um, you know, Chase Young says all the right things, you know, that, you know, players just need to execute. And I agree. It's a lot of missed tackles are leading to problems. But 
if you're, you know, this is nothing new, you know, over the last two years, ranked 28th, 29th and forced turnovers. Okay. We got some fool's gold early on. We saw some turnovers, but they're trying too hard. You know, I saw a John Kama article. They're trying too hard and they're whiffing on plays. They're whiffing on tackles, trying to go for strips, trying to go for interceptions. So did it, did he get into their head a little too much with that stuff? I say, maybe. You know, I don't see a coach that's really adjusting his scheme. He's got Chase Young back. I see Chase Young playing two technique a lot, you know, not having his hand in the dirt. I wonder sometimes, is that the best way to utilize him? So I think that there's a lot of philosophical differences going on. And I think right now, if I'm ownership, I'm really taking a long, hard look. And I I, re- I agree that I think this Atlanta game, you talk about measuring sticks. I think this is a measuring stick game <laughs> for Del Rio and Ron Rivera. How are they going to respond? Because honestly, with with um, um, Sam Howe, the only thing I'm surprised about is the amount of sacks he's taken. I knew it was going to be hard for him, but I think he'd have the wherewithal to get rid of the ball a little more. So everything on offense, it's it's where I expected, except he's doing better than I expected. Uh, you know, you're talking about just under 400 yards. Granted, it's a losing cause, but 20 points, just under 400 yards. So many broken tackles we have. To me, he's not the worry right now. That's something that you you know you focus all your your you know your positives with. But if you're going to sit back in ownership and look what's not going right right now, it's it's the defense because how do you invest? You know, I'm a broken record, I know, but how do you invest all this capital into the defense? You know, Quan Martin. You know, questions Big are going to remain. You know, I liked him after I watched his tape, but questions are going to remain. How do you not select a linebacker or, or an offensive lineman with that pick? You know, that's something you need to right away. If you look across the board from our first pick to the seventh pick, they're not playing. None of them are playing. Okay. When you got, even when you get guys in the third, fourth round, you're, you're expecting them to contribute. You know, Ron likes to hang his hat on not releasing draft picks, but the bottom line is it's just not good enough. I think he's had a track record going back to Carolina, not putting enough emphasis on his offensive line, but, he always seemed to have linebackers, you know, Luke Kaliki, you know, Dan Morgan. He didn't, that didn't seem to be a problem before. So something about him and Del Rio together, they just don't think it's an important position. I, I, I don't understand it. So to me, when you're ownership, you're looking like, what are they not doing right? If your defensive backfield is, is struggling and is still a work in progress, you know, you have to have more pressure up front. And if you're doing, if you're not disguising enough to fool teams, then, then, then it's a scheme issue. And that that's what I, you know, we're not on the field. And again, we can all be armchair GMs. But what I observe week in and week out with, with Jack Del Rio is I don't see adjustments. I see when they do well, it's forcing turnovers. It's players making plays, not his scheme. So that that's that's where I'm at right now. That That's my biggest concern. It was offensive line, but I think they'll do well enough. Uh, Eric Bianami, I do see him making adjustments, unlike the other side of the ball. So I'm not as concerned with that. The offensive line stinks. They need to do more, hopefully, by the trade deadline. You know, there's some options. And with this ownership, they've shown, you know, Harris has shown with the Philadelphia Sixers, he's not scared to make some moves. So we'll see about that. But the defense, the only way for me to see any real changes to the defense is letting go of Jack Del Rio. Because I think with Sam Mills, we saw them get rid of him and we saw a boost in the play of the defensive line. And I really wonder if you get rid of Jack Del Rio and you have a guy like Coach C or someone in-house, will they play for this guy? And maybe, you know, we'll see an uptick in play. But I don't know. Some I think you have to make some changes right now. Benching Forbes, like I said, I, I don't see how that's going to change anything. That uh, was just getting the poor kid out of, you know, it's, it's just over his head right now. Yeah, and you bringing up Forbes there, Scotty, one point I wanted to make, look, he he, did, he didn't have a good game. But, you know, when we were in the situation we were in yesterday, 
uh, and he is a ball hawk. He, you know, that's how he was in college. You know, he, yeah. one of the leading records uh, for for interceptions in college. What I saw from the young man yesterday, and when you in the cold light of day, and when you watch highlights, and I've watched it back two, three times today, stupidly, you see a young man trying to make something happen. He's trying to intercept the ball. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, he got caught out of position more more than once. But for me, as a rookie. He at least was trying to take a little bit of responsibility. He's like, look, I want to intercept this ball. I want to get our team back into the game. So for for for, the, to, for Ron to bench him, yeah, you could have benched anyone, really. You could have benched St. Right. Juice come in. He could have You could have benched him. Carl didn't have a great game. Anyone could have been benched yesterday because he was a rookie. They took him out of the limelight. But everything I see from Forbes, uh, don't get me wrong, he was bad yesterday. He was really bad. He was trying to make something happen. There wasn't many players on that field yesterday that were trying to make something happen. Hey, look, did it work? No. He got he got spun around a couple of times. You know, the ball got taken back. He's a rookie. It's going to happen. Sam Howe is he's effectively a rookie. He's made mistakes. He threw pick. He threw a pick yesterday. You know what I mean? But because that's the quarterback, it's okay. You know, when your corner does it, it's like someone like Forbes. He's, he's immediately because he's your first round draft pick. Everyone's on his case. Let's let's not forget this guy is he's a rookie and he's a rookie in a Jack Del Rio system. If your coach can't make adjustments, how are you expecting this young? He needs guidance. He needs coaching. He needs help. He's come out of the college game into the NFL. This young fella needs to be coached properly. So I don't know what they're doing Monday to Friday on the on the field. <laughs> But you can't throw this, and don't get me wrong, I was angry last night, we all were, but you can't throw this young man under the bus. You can't, the poor guy deactivated his social media, his fan base have just gone after him. He's a young rookie that's just come out of the draft. He needs coaching, yes. he needs guidance, Scott. To your, but both to your points, especially on the Emmanuel Force point there, Burroughs, it's, you know, you're absolutely right. I mean, I look at it, if you're going to draft the ball hawking corner, you're going to expect He's going to get burnt at times. He's going to be trying peanut punches. He's going to try and punch the ball away. And he got caught by by Moore. And that's really what sealed the deal last mm-hmm. night. As soon as he got caught, there was no way back from there. I mean, Joey Sly missing a field goal. No one's talking about that this morning. Right. And that was key. That was absolutely That would have got key. us back into with a score. With seven a, points, yeah. Yeah, yeah seven points point. would have been with now, a point, yeah. What what is frustrating me as well in some ways, and it, and it isn't just the defence, but to your point, Adam, it's... Are we why are we playing to contain and trying this trying this bend not break system, which I keep hearing? We're not playing to win. And right. when teams are looking at you and they're saying, we know what their defense is doing, we know that somehow overreads, we know that on third down he holds the ball too much. The defense can play against that. And the offense can look at it and say, well, actually, I know where I can make moves here because the scheme isn't changing, because we have the same plays. Andy, on your, you know, up here, swear to you without fail, he put in the chat every single week, run play B Rob. Every time it's the scripted first 15 plays that go. I could tell and you our first 10, 15 go. plays. Absolutely, every single time. And then we're looking at we've got two and a half minutes to go, or 246, I think it was on the clock. And we're still asking Sam Howe to drop back in the seven pound, you know, the seven point drop stance and throw the ball. Now that's on EB for me as well. Now, I know EB is in the shadow of Andy Reid and he gets a little bit of a pass for me because he is new to this organisation. But he needs to be in for some criticism too. He does not get away scot-free from this. You, But at the end of the day, if the defence is putting you in this position, you're 27 points down on the scoreboard, you've got no option but to throw. Oh, you have 55 to. Like, yeah. plays yesterday. Right. 55 
plays. You can't be 27-3 down and expect to run the ball. You cannot do that. You cannot do that. (laughs) And the run just simply wasn't working. It got blown up twice by B-Rob and we just abandoned it completely. Yeah. Which then you think to yourself, this is the 0-14 Bears. 14 games they hadn't won a game for. I won a game in a year, bro. If I'd have woke up in the UK and I'd have looked at that score and said, oh yeah, it finished 40-20. I'd have been like, you know what? We we actually got a shit together. That's all right. And then you realise, no, it's forty twenty to the Bears. I mean, on honestly, I I just for four years we've had this now under Ron. Ron is the right time. It was the right man at the right time. The right man to put his hand on the tiller. Now he's so, the wrong I'm, man I'm, at the wrong I'm time. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I, yeah, you're right. I'm gonna put this on my back, and I need this culture change. And that worked. And I'll be forever grateful for that for what he's done for the organisation, but it's time to move on for both of them. They are pretty much dead men walking. And you have to think back and look to look at it and look at their records. Look at Jack Del Rio. Did nothing at Oakland. Didn't do a great deal at Denver. And then you think to yourself, well, okay, what has Ron done? He hit on Cam Newton and got to a Super Bowl. And he is living off a one-season wonder. Is he actually as good a coach as we all anticipated and thought he was? Because the guy hasn't even won 100 games. Mm. Now sitting now, okay, it's a big feat to win a hundred games as a head coach. I get that, but he's not an Andy Reid. He's not a <laughs> you know a young mind like a you know um, a Mike um, whatever his name is over at um, Mike McDaniel <laughs> over at, at, at the Dolphins. What are we doing here? You know, it, as I said before, it is time for a change. And I think the fans have seen that, and I think the players are now starting to turn, as Adam thinks. I don't think that locker room is as, you know, as tight as we think it is. Mm. Adam, if the new ownership really wanted to make a statement, they won't give this till the end of the season, surely will they? Like you guys, you guys made it, and we've all said it now, next Sunday against uh, Arizona. It's got to be make or break. So we go, if we go there and lay an egg, ads, surely the, the, the new ownership have got, if they really want to make a statement, if they don't want to be seen as yes men, and you want to come out and yeah, and all right, you've still got to go and recruit and you've got to get someone to replace one. Is that EB? Is it is EB the answer? Is your head coach? Because then you've got to get someone in as your offensive coordinator. And it is a big shift change. Adam, in your opinion, do the, do the new ownership need to make a statement here? Because we cannot, we've shipped, like I said at the start, 176 points against us already. And we're only in week five. I think when you bring up that stat right away, like you can talk about EB, first time coordinator, new quarterback, offensive line, still building that. But the defense, this is something you've been stockpiling first round year after year after year. I think that it, to me, it's an easy decision. I think right now they should be already discussing it. And in Atlanta, if somehow, you know, you have B. John Robinson, you know, Pitts, you know, London, they all, they all go off with Ritter or, you know, even Taylor Heineke, let's just say that's it. That's it. But I think right now, regardless of what happens next week, I think they have to be talking internally because the way the division is right now, I think the way that they played Philly, uh, I think Cowboys are one of those helter skelter teams and giants are they're in disarray right now. This is the time that if you really think you can still contend, you're going to try to make some moves. If you're talking about, you know, some kind of trades, you know, we see other teams around the league, you know, some, the offensive line could definitely use some kind of upgrade. So, you know, that's Leo something Collins is free. Leo Collins is free and he's fit. Get him on the next go. plane, next plane to Washington for me. And he stay healthy though. 
one thing, yeah, one thing you don't see Ron Rivera doing is this time of year is up. You don't see him making moves. You don't see, you know, any kind of notable names become available. He goes after him. He always just feels that he's got the answers. and He's content. Um, but I think that the ownership will really take a long, hard look. I don't know. I, I, I don't know where it's coming from. I'll be honest with you guys. I just have faith that it's going to be a little things are going to be a little different. I don't think we're going to see this continue to happen. I think somebody's head's got to be on the chopping block. You know, it's one thing from the Bills. This is a Super Bowl contender. But once it happened against Chicago, you know, I hear people talking about, you know, Dick, Dick Budkiss died and stuff. Man, these guys weren't even born, man. You know, it's a, it's in locker room talk, but that, that has nothing to do with it. You know, Washington didn't show up. You know, you saw Magic Johnson, Kevin Sheehan was saying it. You know, you could clearly see they didn't show up. They they weren't ready to play. So that to me, that's on coaches. you got to make some kind of stand. I don't think it's going to be Ron Rivera this early. But I, I, I think fans – have heard the comments from ownership when they first came on. Of course, they're going to be complimentary. They're going to be nice. Ron Rivera is a good guy. He did a lot for the organization's culture, you know, and, and the dumps that it was in. But I don't think that they're going to, put, you know, for what they paid for this organization, literally breaking, you know, the pay scale for what professional teams are worth. I don't think that they're going to say, we'll see how it goes this year and then do it next year. I don't see that. I just I don't see I've talked to people that are you know Sixers fans, Devils fans, and they're just like he's not that kind of owner. He's gonna make some kind of moves. It might not be the right moves, but he's gonna make some kind of moves. So, you know, we'll wait and see. But I think after last night, the the fan base on social media, his team pays attention to that a lot more than Snyder did. And I think once they see this chatter, guys don't sleep on it. It matters to them. It matters because bottom line. You know, winning teams, everything is good, but they need the fans to support the team. And after last night, they're seeing a lot of people talking about de facto if changes are made. So, Adam, one of such an offensive league, which the NFL is, you know, if you want to win game, you've got to score points. I get it. You've got to shut them out of the other end. You, you evaluate the draft and what you don't know about drafting players, it's not worth knowing about. Ron Rivera and his draft boards that he's done, and I've heard this a lot today, so I'd be interested to get your opinion. <laughs> We've just gone defense, 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 defense in the draft. Did we literally drop the ball when it comes to the draft? And as Ron Rivera, he's never really had the ball when it comes to draft. I mean, a lot of people mentioned today on the spaces that I've been in and on tweets I've read and I've heard it. I've had Kevin Sheehan on today and I've had, you know, I've had a few, I've had a few guys on today and I've, I've got to finish listening to, to Goldie and stuff like that. When it comes to drafting, has Ron really, really dropped the ball this year? I, I think so. It's not that I'm against the Forbes pick. Um, I think they, you know, you look at that pick and I think, I really think a good front office, I think a good scouting team, I think, you know, you know, good room is able to pull off some kind of trade, you know, where they were sitting with Forbes. I think that they could have moved back at least three to four spots and, you know, picked up a third or fourth round. That that's what a good team does. So it's not only about the player select, but then again, we'll come back to the second round. Cody Marsh is a guy I evaluated from North Dakota State, ended up going to Tampa Bay. That's a guy that plays left tackle and guard, so he fits the whole prototypical, you know, flex guy that they like. But he is honestly a guy, one of these road graders that is going to really play for your quarterback that gives a shit. And I think he was on the board with, you know, a lot of other guys, okay? So that was just this year. With the Jamin Davis pick, I think that that was the, that was the draft that they should have moved up. They should have moved up a couple spots because you're seeing the talent that went ahead of them. You know, we can talk about, you know, the Notre Dame safety in Baltimore, you know, linebackers. There was a lot of talent. So it's not just about are they only using the resources for the defense. I think they're reaching on guys where they could have, you know, got more picks. They could have solved, you know, when you get those extra picks, 
that's where you start plugging the offensive line. Yeah. That's where you say, you know, if you can somehow get a third late second, that's when you start finding guys that are tackles and you start to develop, you know, uh, no doubt. I like this guy, Braden Daniels, they got from Utah, but he's a guard. He's another guy that's interior line. They have not looked at anybody on the outside in the draft. You know, you're talking about Cosme. Okay. I get it. You know, it, it hasn't really worked out. He was a little bit of, to me, he was a little bit of a reach where they selected him anyways. But other than him, if you look over the last decade, really, they haven't invested much in the offensive line at all. So to me, I look at the that department, you know, you, you hear Ron talk about analytics, but not like Harris. Harris is a true believer in team analytics, you know, roster analytics. And I don't think that Ron Rivera is going to be able to come up, uh, keep up with him. I think he'll bullshit as much as he can, but I think the more losing happens, that's going to be more telling to the ownership, you know, winning that's hard to really judge. But I think when you're losing and you're watching what your owner is saying, the conversations, because he, he he's obviously there, he's in the locker room, he's always around. So he's always asking his questions. These kind of businessmen, you know, I've worked for these, you know, the, these multi-billionaires. And one thing they always do is ask these weird questions. You're always like, why are they asking that? These are the kind of things that he'll, he'll do with Ron Rivera and the staff. And through that, I think he'll make decisions. And basically, unless we see a team in the next week, two weeks, really just come out and blow the doors off of teams. I don't think any anybody on the staff is safe besides EB because I think EB does get a little bit of a leash, but I think the rest of them, you know, and another thing that I wanted to mention that a lot of people don't talk about is losing coach Harris, our defensive backs coach, you know, although we, they weren't causing a lot of turnovers last year, he was my guy early on the season for choice to promote to defensive coordinator. So losing someone like him, I'm telling you guys, it, it really mattered, especially for a guy like Curl. Curl's been playing good, but he was playing really good when he was under Harris. So, you know, that's something to consider. Yeah, no, Scott. Yeah, I know you want to mention well. I mean, Yeah, I did. I was going to say to that end, you can see it. It, it, it it's happened. I mean, look at the drop off for Derek Forrest. Yeah. You know, he's just he's just not the same player, and I don't know what that is. I mean, the only one who's been of any real good this year is probably Kendall, and he had a nightmare. Um, obviously yesterday, you know, he was he was kind of grading through the PFFs of the world as you know, right up there as one of the best corners in the game this year, and I do think they can reach that height again, but. It is all about scheme. It is all about Jack Del Rio's defense. Unfortunately, mm. to lose someone like Harris to the Titans is a. It was a big blow. You know, it's a real big blow. And I agree with you, Adam. I was all for internally. That's your next D, D coordinator. I mean, Coach Z. You could probably look at Coach Z and say, yeah, as you said, this is probably the only person mm. who we've got left. Kerrigan, right. maybe is it too early for him. I too think early. Probably yeah. is a little bit too early. Yeah. Um, and then, and then, where do you go? On the old play calling, you mentioned it before. What do you do if you give EB the head coach? You just let EB go. You let EB continue calling the plays. Has he been? So let, no... Has he been able to let go? Yeah, I still reckon there's some. A lot of people are saying today that he still seems like he's being held back a little bit. I don't know what it is. I, I, I kind of get that feeling too. Yeah, I do. Too. I don't think they would ever come out and admit it, but I really, I, I think Ron has a problem with. It. Mm. I don't think that it's as let everyone do what they want to do whenever they want to do it. Yeah, uh, you know, EB was able to come in and. You know, structure practices different and stuff like that. That that was and a as soon as they didn't like EB, all the players ran to Ron, didn't they? Do you remember that yeah, during training did. camp when they all ran to Ron and said, "Hey, we don't like being spoke to. Yeah, yeah we've been worked too hard. We be, we don't like being swore at." Uh, what Scotty? One worrying thing is we're not worrying. He's my guy, Logan Thomas. I I, I like the dude. I really do. But yesterday, I, I had a good game. yesterday, is it quite worrying though on our, our offensively side of the ball when our go-to guy yesterday was our tight end quite a lot? 
surely yes. la- don't get me wrong he made some great plays he, he was unlucky on some shining light's probably the wrong word because no one really was a shining light yesterday but when you're looking to get back into a game and i said this quite a lot today and you can't scheme a play for a dotson or a terry we use him as our poster boy we can't get him the ball for love nor money we literally we could take all the players off the field and we probably still couldn't get him the ball I don't know what's going on. So we we seemed to turn to the tight end sets yesterday and it seemed to be a little bit of dink and dunk and it was very safe. And like you say, we were playing not to get beat, but we wanted to look like we were doing something. And it's all nice. There's the, odd, there's the five-yard completion. There's the 10-yard completion to your tight end. That looks good and that might improve your stats slightly. That's not going to win you games of football. Yeah, I think the ball needs to be shared around and that EB's keen to do that by his play call. And you've seen that throughout the first five games of the season. But yesterday, again, it was just a bit weird. Like, feed Terry, feed Terry often. I thought they got that um, from the Philly game. I thought they kind of understood, oh, okay, there he is. And he, he was going really up and getting impact. the ball in some of them places yeah, where he, he should was. have got it. We he didn't was. even try that yesterday. But but Thomas, I thought, had a good game. He missed, obviously, that diving catch, which, you know, is out of the way. And you think to yourself, oh, you know, if only we'd have got that one. I honestly think in some ways I think the game could have changed if Diami Brown had caught that pass. Yeah. Now whether that's on yeah, now whether that's a... on Diami or whether that's on Howell and it was slightly overthrown, I don't know. But Justin Fields is out two there weeks dropping running. bombs, two dropping weeks bombs off the first passes. two first two plays, and you're like, hold on a minute, what what is actually going on here? Logan, I thought had a very uh, uh, it was probably one of the shining lights. But you are right when you're seeing people like Pringle, um, you know, making Crowder. Crowder making more yards. <laughs> I'm like, oh, hold on a minute. What is actually going on here? I actually thought Terry was injured at one point. Yeah, I, I asked the his, question. I didn't yeah. know if it was his foot or if he, because he was in and um, out of the game quite a lot. They asked him, they asked Ron, didn't they? And his presser was Terry. And he said, nothing, anyway, nothing wrong with him. Just didn't use him. Did, it's just, still the toe. Just, yeah, it's just, yeah, before we, um, the toe, yeah. Just before we get to the fan questions, Adam, I know you, I know you've got to get off, brother. You're, you're really mm-hmm. busy. Just before we let you go, Adam, what do we do to fix this? Where do we go from here, in your opinion? Um, again, so Byron's aside, because I don't think that's going to happen right now. Um, I think this next game, they just come out really aggressive. And, and, I, and I say that on both sides of the ball. Um, you know, let's not get caught up in the ratio run pass. I think just be aggressive. And as far as the defense, I think the best way to help your back end right now is just more pressure and try to be a little more creative, learn from what you're doing. So hopefully, you know, we see some adjustments with that. Um, I think Atlanta is, is, is a good opportunity. Um, but I think that they need to get a lot of things together right now because I, I think that the mood in the locker room again is just, and I'm not talking about from fans, just talking about people work through the team and stuff that they felt through that. that there's definitely a down mood in the locker room after this loss. So, um, yeah, I, I think that scheme, they, they need to tweak something um, in, in the next couple of weeks. But, you know, because what they've been doing, this bend, don't break mentality. I think they're not good enough to to play that kind of ball. We're definitely not good enough. Well, Adam, we appreciate you coming on the show as always, bro. I know you're doing good things with George and Big Doug over there, man. You know, tune in when you guys are live. Big Doug just leaves me in the chat room chatting to myself half the time. But uh, Adam, just tell our listeners where they can find you, brother, and what you've got coming up. Yeah, as always, uh, find me at the Burgundy and com. Uh, you'll always find me uh, Monday post game with uh, Doug McRae and George. Uh, you know, on our little show that we just, you know, talk about everything. We had Al Galdi on last time. Uh, we just try to talk about the game, just some of our opinions. We go through stats, analytics, just, you know, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, check us out there and um, the Burgundy and go to port.com. You can also find me on YouTube, my channel, the Burgundy and go to port. Uh, and I 
yeah, just, just have fun on there. I put highlight videos, different things, you know, some of our interviews, but for the most part, all my content, my evaluations, I'll find all that at the burgundy and go to port.com. Keep up the good work, brother. Get working on that draft class <laughs> for next year, bro. We're going to need it. Definitely coming soon. Take care, Adam. Take, Take care, bro. Yeah. Cheers, man. <laughs> Cheers. Uh, Scotty, we're going to get into some fan questions uh, before we get out of here. We've got about 15 minutes left. Uh, one of the first questions that come in, there's a lot. I'm going to try and get through them all. GWR on Twitter says, it's a controversial one, this, Andy. He says, is Terry performing to his contract? Yeah, I think he is. I think he he wants the opportunity to play to his contract as well. I think he wants the opportunity to be the face of the franchise. He is the face of the franchise. I just don't think he's getting schemed up enough to play the ball. Um, we saw a bit of a flash in the pan against Philly, as I said last week. Um, but yesterday was nowhere to be seen. I do think he's got a bit of a lingering injury as well around that toe and it's probably hampering him a little bit. Yeah, I like I said at the start, and I've said it to a thousand times today, it just worries me how he can't get him in the games more. And that seems to be this, you, you mentioned last week, and you know he was going up making plays that he shouldn't have made. Look at a couple of seasons ago, that catch he made against the Chargers. That's oh, the yeah. Terry that we know. You, you know, you might throw the odd risky ball. And Sam Howell has thrown a few risky ones. But look at last week against the Eagles. Terry went up them risky ones, them small percentage plays. He was turning them into advantages for, for, for Washington. And it really does worry me that we can't seem to scheme our best player to get the football more. Don't you? It's good. I love Logan Thomas. He's my guy. I like Dotson. It's good to see B-Rob running the ball when he does. But the fact that our main guy, he is our elite guy. And I said at the start of the show, Scotty, I'm going to tell you now, and a few people have messaged me this today and they wanted me to bring it up on the show. He's going to leave this organization. He's not going to sign a new deal with this organization if we don't. We, we are letting this man down drastically. He's had Alex Smith. He's had Taylor Heineke. He's now got Sam Howell, but everything else is going to pot around him. So the guy's had how many quarterbacks since he joined it? I'm 12, telling you, I think he's 12 quarterbacks yeah. since he's joined it. Scotty, I'm telling you, we're failing this man. We are failing him miserably. We need yeah. something to ignite something for this guy. We need to keep him in the burgundy and gold because if we don't, like many, many players before him that have left this organization, it's going to come back to bite us. But that's well, just... you look at you look at every other team, they seem to do that. The Adams at Ra at the Raiders, Jefferson mm -hmm. at Minnesota, you know, Diggs at Buffalo. They're in the games. They're in yeah. the games. Look at people like Odell Beckham when he was players. in his prime. Oh, absolutely. Got him the ball no matter what. No matter what. If he would look at the play in the Super Bowl that we'll remember, was he triple coverage? Mm -hmm. It was, it was a, don't get me wrong, it was a bit of a pot shot play by uh, Manning, but he made something happen. So one hand, it's, Terry's that good. Terry's in that level. He's he's there. Well, look at him against the Colts last year, you know, yeah. that, that when he went up and got that. Oh, dude. One of the best catches he's ever made in his career. But that's how good he is. But we don't see it in Washington. I don't know if it's A, we can't scheme something to get him the ball. B, we don't trust Sam to, to get him the ball. Something's something's not quite right there. So, and I don't know what it is. Uh, next question, Scotty, comes in from uh, Cameron McDonald. Why is Forbes so isolated? Scheme or bad safety play? Bit of both, really. I think it's mainly bad safety play, I'll be honest with you. Um, I think Derek Forrest's drop-off has been Im Im immeasurable. I think he he's one of my favourite players, as you well know. Um, and, you know, it just, he dropped off enormously. Um, and I don't know what's happened there. Why? And I think it could be related to scheme. Um, I don't think he's a proper free safety. Um, I think he's a kind of a mix between a strong and a free. 
but he was able to pick up these plays last year. He was able to make the interceptions. He was able to get across. And Forbes needs that help on the on the boundary. Um, you could see that yesterday. Almost, that was that yeah. was evident yesterday. You needed help over the top. And don't get me wrong, everyone's like I said at the start of the show. Everyone's throwing the rookie under the bus. You need. Like I said, you need help from your coaching. You need help from your fellow players on the field. But that needs to be schemed so you can have help from your safeties. If you look at some, when you watch the replay today, Jesus, the safeties might as well have been sitting in the stands. I, I did watch it. And the <laughs> linebackers were even worse, weren't they, as where well? Were the, Just... Where were the line? They were jogging. I know that John Tayman, I know you're going to be on with him yeah, later. He was yeah. furious that our linebackers were just jogging around the field. We're not talking, you know, they're not trying to Jamie make a Davis play. was literally jogging. Literally. to go. Jogging no with he had done. He had he had switched off. He had zoned out. He's like, well, we've lost this game. I'm 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 in the locker room. Um, we've got the Burgundy Soldier up next. He says, "Am I right in saying that this was the true measuring stick game for Ron's team? Feels like this team is six feet underground right now." Couldn't agree more. Um, it is the was the true measuring stick. Uh, you know, you cannot lose by twenty points and put up a forty burger against a team that hasn't won in almost a year. We were on five o'clock this morning talking about, and you were saying it's October the 24th, was it? October the 22nd, 2022 is when they last won a game. I mean, the the talk before the game, I listened to Stephen A. Smith, people like that. They were talking and saying, this is the worst team in football ever. It was worse. They thought this was worse than the 0-16 Lions, you know, at the time. Um, And then they go out and they do that. Yeah. And it was like, it was just... If you ever want to win, come and play they, Washington. That's well, what yeah, we are the street beater, yeah. It was almost as if the... I don't even know how to explain this. It was almost as if we, we hadn't even prepared at all for this game. I was going to get to that because a lot of people have said, oh, yeah, it's a short week. This is what really annoys me about Rivera and Del Rio. And EB's got to take some responsibility. I hear the excuse, you know, not excuse, but a few people have come out, well, it's a short week. Blah blah blah. No 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 no. You're getting paid multi. Scott, imagine if you just had a couple of. <laughs> imagine if you rocked up to your job after you know you got we 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 work. Five, you, some yeah. of us work seven days a week. Some of us work five. Imagine if you just turned up to your job one day and you weren't performing up to the standard. You went, oh yeah, but I worked yesterday. I worked like three days ago. Imagine you go on holiday for three days and then you come back like we did. We went to the states for a little bit for the opening. Imagine you come back from our trip week one, and you're like. Oh, yeah, I've been away for a few days, you know. You know, this is how it feels to me that they're like, oh, we played the Eagles four days ago, you know. Oh. You're getting paid millions, millions of dollars to play a sport that we'd all die to play. We haven't got the talent to do it, so we sit here with a microphone talking about it. And I know people say, well, you can't bring the money into it, etc. No, these guys yes, you can. are sitting in nine bedroom mansions with swimming pools and they're never going to want for money in their entire fucking life. All they have to do is prepare for a game of football. They're not worried about where their next bill is coming from. They're not worried about putting food on the table for their family. Like people are in the actual quote unquote real world. So when I hear things like we can't prepare for a game or we, we looked underprepared that falls on that falls on our coaches that falls on our coaches not get how do you not get your team prepared it's the same for the bears they were on a short week you know they had a hell of a game at the weekend that they they should have won to be fair and they Mm -hmm. they they lost it from the jaws of victory um they were the same as us but they come out and they they were like a house on fire at the start and they had the travel though as well Andy. they had Mm -hmm. the travel they're the team Mm -hmm. that had to travel into us and you're right this falls back down to coaching again it's all about, can I prepare the team? 
Is everyone in the position to do their job to the best of their ability? That's what we're looking at. It's it's interesting because we're sitting here, we're talking about Manuel Forbes hasn't done this and this player hasn't done that and Logan played well and blah, blah. And we're breaking down these players week in, week out. But these are the elite of the elite. If you mm. make a 53-man roster, you are in the top of the game. Mm. You are the top of the game. There is no one better than you in there. It's the equivalent of looking at a Champions League footballer, you know what I mean, in, in, in soccer terms. You are the top dogs of this game. Mm. So prepare yourselves properly for the game. That's what we expect out of these yeah. athletes. That's why it annoys me when I hear people like Chase Young come out in his press conference saying, we've got to start faster. His answer to every question yesterday was, we've got to start faster. That's been the yep. same answer for how many seasons? How many times have me, you and Scouse and um, Carl over the Burgundy Zone, whoever we're chatting, chatting to, any of the guys that we were in our group chat, Jesse, how many times have we sat in a group chat or on a phone call or on a podcast or on anything that we're doing and say, boy, we gave ourselves a hole to dig out of there. How many games do Washington think that they can be 20 to 30 points behind? We, we 20-odd points behind by half-time yesterday, Scott. 27-3. by half-time. that is the worst I've ever How seen many times? Like, so, time. Surely something has to go up in your head where you think, fuck me, we can't keep doing this. We can't. We've done, we had one great comeback so far this season. We got not lucky. We played well to come back and we won. Mm. You can't expect to do that against team. Well, I say against the elite. It was the you know a team that hadn't won for a year. But you go and do that against the Kansas Cities of this world, or you know, I mean, the, the elite teams of this of this world. You go and do that against the Dolphins now. Someone like that ilk, you're getting your asses handed to you. Thank God we're not. Can you imagine if it's still like this when Miami come to town? They're going to put sixty points on us. 70 maybe well they put 70 dude, on Denver so dude, I'm, I'm seriously worried that someone's going to put 60 I reckon that record could go this season I reckon it could go against us if we keep up like this and oh, that's well, painful me to say it. it's a record a, that a we record don't yesterday for a wide receiver in Moore Moore got the record or, mm. or the same record as a guy who hadn't it was 1966 and it was a, a wide receiver for the for the um, the Cowboys who was about four yards more yeah, dude. I mean, we the, gave him um, 266 we gave up to him. Yeah. And they oh, only threw to three different players. That's it for the whole game. Um, let's whiz no, through no. these uh, questions. Yeah, but I'm no going to try and get through them. So. We've got about 10 minutes. Then that's fine, mate. Um, so Paul Turner says, uh, how seems legit? Uh, at what point do we protect him for the future? Unlike our own line who couldn't protect shit. Uh, and he's talking about bringing Jacoby in. Uh, he says the guy's getting battered out there. He is getting battered out there. But again, it's down to the coaching staff trying to find fits. You know, we talked there a bit about Leo Collins there. Do you, do you try something different? Do you try and scheme it different to maybe put more of a screen game in um, to help Sam? How I want to see a body of work from Sam. I do want to see a body of work from Sam to say, is he the answer? But as I said as well, he can't continue to take these sacks. I mean, three of them sacks yesterday were not on the O-line. Um, they were on Sam, but, but he was in it, it was in shit street at the end of the game. Yeah, I felt sorry for Sam in. yesterday. Don't get me wrong. And he made, he he made mistakes do. that normal rookie QBs. Tough guy. Say, I think people were kidding with saying rookies, not a rookie rookie, but you know what I'm trying to say. Um, Paul Sartre, uh, Scott, he says, how bad is the draft class looking? Awful. Um, and I know we shouldn't really comment on draft classes for two to three years. But there isn't a single player on there. I mean, why is Ricky Stromberg not playing? This is a guy who was the best centre in the SEC. He won an award for it. Yeah, we're happy to have Nick Gates, who's given up. He fell over at one point on a play. 
fell and over. And forward. Sam Howell got killed. And he, he did. And he, and he gave up a sack there. The guy is giving up, on average, 1.5 sacks per game. That's unacceptable from a, from the centre. You cannot do it. It's now seven sacks. No, it's not. It's five. I apologise. Five sacks this year he's given up. Alone. Yeah. Um, can't be doing it. No, you can't, mate. Uh, a bit of a funny one here. Canada Mike says, Taylor Swift, <laughs> discuss. Um, can she play O-line? If she can, I, 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 w- I would hope so. I mean, maybe oh, she's a good be, running back. I don't know. Sh- it up. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Moving Mike. on, yeah, yeah. Moving on, she she can do much worse than uh, what we've what we've got so far. Um, Scotty G, uh, he oh, says questions. I love this dude. Uh, he says questions. Why should we care what the rest? Why should we care the rest of the season? We should know now. This is a lame duck staff, primarily on besides of the development of how, which may not matter long term with the new staff. Why should fans give more effort than the team did last night? I made it's an this. Absolute- I made this point, point to someone earlier. I mean, I get I get blasted sometimes on social media and by my friends and my own family and my wife's here probably listening to this last podcast saying, why the fuck do you care so much about this football team? And people the people just say it to me all the time. They say it to you, Scott. You know, me and you were up at 5 a.m. doing a post-match show yesterday. Mm-hmm. This fan base care more about this football team than anything I think I've ever seen in my sporting life. And I've been involved in sport my entire life, whether that's soccer over here in the UK, whether that's cricket, whether that's me coaching, whether that's me playing. The, the What this fan base gives to this football team compared to what they get in return. And I hear all the time, and someone made a, a point on a Twitter space today saying today is probably the first time that the old fans that have seen us win and the quote-unquote air quotes modern fans have all come together and agreed that we are really bad. And mm-hmm. I, I feel so sorry for our fans because we all care so passionately about this team. Uh, and like Hog Farmer Chris tweeted out, he's going to be uh, in, in Atlanta next week. We'll all be by our TV screens next Sunday. We'll all be recording podcasts next week. We'll all be talking about it. We'll all be texting each other tonight, tomorrow, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. We'll be, I, I spoke about, I spoke to you, I speak to you guys more than I speak to anyone this fan base care about this team i question whether these millionaires actually care they can come out and we've got to do better we've got to start faster ron we've got to watch the tape i need to watch the tape do do they really care players and coaches will come and go scott we're here for ever this is our team we've got no fucking choice it is, and, and we chose this team as well. That's the other thing I saw. Your yeah, we weren't even born, that, bro. You know? we, we weren't even. And it's I just, know. It, it's one of them where you're right. It's about the, the, the team has brought friendships, and that's it. And lifelong. That's, that's all I'm taking. I, t- I mean, I mentioned and, it earlier. I said, all I'm taking from this at the minute is the fact that I get to call you one of my best mates, like, you know, Scouse, Jesse, Kyle, everyone, Tim Meek, all everyone that, not leaving anyone out, but I can't name everyone. That's really the main thing for me that this football team has given me. I've got to sit down with Jason Wright for two hours and 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 bend his ear and talk to him and call him a friend. I get to, you know, travel to the States week one every year and we and you are looking to go back for the Cowboys game for fuck knows, God knows why. At the end of the season, we might do regret that one. Yeah, but we'll we, go do, for it. we do draft parties. We meet up, you know, it's quite, it's not worrying, but it's quite not sad to say, but the best thing about our football team is our fans. It's not the actual football. We never, it's not once have we ever all sat here going, 
We need to plan to go to this playoff game. We need to plan to go to this wildcard game. We need to plan to go to the Super. You know, I don't get, I've seen on, I follow the, I follow the Eagles UK guys. They've gone to a Super Bowl. I follow the Patriots UK guys. They've gone to a Super Bowl. I see pictures of them on Twitter. They're all at the airport getting to go to playoff games and Super Bowls and stuff. What do we do? You know what I mean? We get to sit here and go, oh, we go to a week 17. We go to week 17 against the Cowboys (laughs) or we get to sit here and go, I feel like I've recorded this podcast before. I feel like I've spoke about this before because Washington is the perfect Groundhog movie. If they ever remake Groundhog, uh, the movie, cast Ron Rivera as the lead role because it's the same shit, just a different season, Scott. And I'm I'm a bit sick of it. Um, Scott Stanley, just wrapping up. Scott Stanley says, who gets fired first, Scott? Rivera or Del Rio? Uh, Del Rio for me. And I think that's only a, a skin saving exercise. Yeah. And I won't. I, we talked about it, so I won't go into more detail. I do this. That. You know, I I've been a lot more calmer on this podcast, and I think I tweeted out earlier. Wait till I get a live mic in me, but I'm kind of I'm not drained, but I'm just kind of. We've done you, this before. You you're, you're resonant to it now, aren't you? You've just I resonated I, on I the fact I that it, I didn't think I'd be happens. this calm when I hit the yeah, record I button. I didn't think I'd be this calm, bro. Don't get me wrong. I 100% agree with what you said at the start of the podcast. Ron was the right man at the right time with the whole Redskins and Dan Snyder and what was going on in the world at the time and the COVID and the cancer that he had was terrible. Unfortunately, you know, nice guys don't win you games of football. Good coaching wins you game of football. Good scheming of plays wins you game of football. Good in-game adjustments win you games of football. Thinking on the fly win you games of football. Drafting better wins you games of football. Gives you a chance to win games of football. We have been bad. I can't. Sorry, I forgot his name. I was in Shelley's Twitter space earlier, and one guy went off. He's like thirty years. We've been fucking terrible. This team have given me nothing. And I was sitting there thinking, don't get me wrong. He was ranting, and fair play to the guy, you know. And I agreed with every single word he said. And I, I will say it once. I will say it ten thousand times. Scott, all we've ever known with this organization is bad. We have great times when we go week one. We hang out with our friends. We've had one great uh, playoff game where Heineke nearly beat Tom Brady in 2020. You know what I mean? We, you know, that's that's the kind of things me and you dine off on. We had RG3 nearly being the next elite great quarterback. It's all very much, you know, dozens for one season. Yeah, it's all very much like we're we're pulling up to the we're pulling up to the prom, but we're not allowed to go in. We're sitting outside with the ugly birds while all the good-looking girls go inside. We're sitting That's there true. with we're sitting there with the bow wows, like all the bulldogs chewing the wasps, while all the pretty girls and all the handsome fellas go in and get the first dance. We're sitting outside with Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio going, This is a bit shit. And I, I don't... certainly not homecoming king, are we? No, That's we are sure. no Jesus Christ, man. No chance. But oh, I just, it's just I don't know where we go now because I feel like we say this all the time. We've got the, you know, we've got to win our next game. And I'm with you. If we do lose next Sunday to the Falcons, I think if it's a, a bad loss, Andy, I do. Like if they, a thirty you, point loss, we're we're, we're done. We're there's done. Gonna, there's nothing to tell me that it won't be because every game so no. far, apart from the first, thirty game, points. Every team's put thirty on us. Yeah. 
I don't know, Scotty, but yeah, I've been a lot more chilled and I've enjoyed this little therapy session. But Scotty, obviously, I know you've got the one point safety show. Uh, did you? I know you guys always you drop a show at the end of the week. I know yeah, we normally drop on a day. Thursday, but um, yeah, been a bit of a bit of a, been weird, a, bit of a weird week th- with the game. Yeah, because we're Thursday football. We'll, we'll we'll be back on schedule for Thursday. Yeah, so tell our listeners, Brie, I know everyone probably that listens to this, listens to you, but just tell our listeners, Scotty, where they can find the One Point Safety Show and what you've got going on uh, coming up. And you've got the Bleeding Indy Burgundy podcast coming up as yeah, well. Yeah, I have. So we uh, record Bleeding Burgundy podcasts on a Monday and a Friday, uh, post-game and pre-game. We also have a one on, a, um, on, on post-game as well, which you're involved in, which is great. And then One Point Safety Show is One Point Safety 4 on Twitter, and that is every Thursday night. Probably be dropping in your feed for a Friday, and that's with your co-host on here, Scouse. Um, you can catch Scouse at ScouseAndy20, and I'm on Twitter as well, or X, or whatever it's called these days. Oh, uh, ScottyH84 is my handle there. Yep, you can check us out. Uh, we are at Commander Bunker on uh, Twitter. If you want to follow me for whatever bloody reason, at Washington UK Fan, uh, come check us out. Uh, we will be back some stage next week. Obviously, we need to drop our shows on a Monday, but we've no game to really recap because of the the, the mini buy. We're we're going to try and put something out next week. I'm not sure what uh, I know. Jesse was talking about maybe having a little break, but we'll try and get something out to you guys next week. But come and check us out on social media. Come interact with us. I think I spent most of my life talking about Washington. No, I just, in summing up, I wished this team and our coaches cared as much about this organization as we do. But hey, we'll we'll probably win four games on the bounce, and we'll probably be drafting. 14, 15, and we'll, you ain't getting anyone fucking good at 14 or 15. Anyway, Scotty, it's been good to see you, mate. I'll catch up with you soon. Uh, till next time, everybody, this has been another episode of The Bunker. I've been your host, Andy Burrows, with one of my best friends in the entire world, Mr. Scotty Hartley. Till next time, everybody, bunker down. Stay safe. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for checking out today's episode of The Bunker. Make sure you go and check us out on all social media. You can find us on Twitter at Commander Bunker. On Facebook, just search The Bunker. 